your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 466 of Locked on Canadians. We want to thank you for making Locked on Canadians your first listen every day. As you know, we are available on all podcasting platforms. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matla. And as always, I am joined by the active stick, Laura Saba. And this is a wonderful day. Not only is hockey happening while we are recording this, but show favorite uh, landed himself a big contract. And we're going to get to that in a second. But first... Laura, how are we doing on this Tuesday evening? I am feeling great. Uh, It's a good day in Montreal. Nick Suzuki has been locked up until 2030. 2030, Scott. And not only that, the Canadians get four of his unrestricted free agent years under this contract. Like, I truly, I know there's some haters out there, but those haters are all people who are jealous of such an economical contract. Right now, it doesn't look like it because he's 21 and he's going to be paid, you know, $7.875 million a year by the time he's 23. But by the time he's 25, this is going to look like a freaking steal. Yeah, he signed an eight-year deal. So it kicks in next year, $63 million. So $7.875 million per season. Comes with a 10-team, no-trade clause. And I think my favorite part out of all of this is that he his total signing bonus money ends i think it adds up to a certain amount and 14 dollars. so the canadians <laughs> are continuing to play this very stupid petty game with the carolina hurricanes and i am very much here for it uh sure you can add a 15 and a 20 into katkaniemi signing bonus and everything the canadians are just going to sign the center you should have offered she did and give him a 14 dollars signing bonus and then give you the double birds while you sit there and stew in carolina for the time being it's We've talked so much about what Nick Suzuki's next contract would look like, and this is a very smart bit of business from Mark Bergman and the Canadians, because if Suzuki starts the season hot or he gets hot going into the new year, his contract doesn't start with 7.8. It starts with 8.8 or a nine something. It's it's saving money right now. It is a big contract. It is a humongous contract for a guy whose career high is 41 points. But he also hasn't had a full NHL season to really play quite yet. I mean, they've been interrupted by COVID. He's shown he can perform in the playoffs. And now, if this is one of the last contracts Mark Bergevin ever signs as GM of the team. Guess what? It's probably arguably one of his bests. I think we could easily make that point right now. Absolutely. I think that this is going to, it's, it's like I said earlier today, you know, right now, by the first the first year of the contract, not even by the first year of the contract, somebody pointed out on Twitter, uh, a friend at a show who's actually a sense, uh, and uh, he pointed out that it's going to be, you know, at the end of this year, Nick Suzuki might have such a good season that this price would not be available to the Canadians at that time. So having this before the season even starts guarantees that even if Nick Suzuki has an amazing breakout season, the Canadians get him at that seven point. 
eight, seven, five million dollar a year mark. And, you know, that's it's, it's a little bit higher than what Brendan Gallagher makes, but that's understandable. And he's now the Canadian's highest paid forward. And he's somebody that, you know, it's it's kind of unfortunate because we talked so much about the lack of elite talent, the lack of elite talent, the lack of superstar talent on the Montreal Canadiens. He is a person on this team like Cole Caulfield, who has the potential, maybe not be an absolute outright superstar like a Nathan McKinnon or something like that, but come close, you know, be that elite person, elite player that a team always needs. And this is something that I hope that they're able to replicate with Cole Caulfield. Unfortunately, Cole Caulfield, uh, his contributions are a lot more visible. They're a lot more flashy. So when that time comes, when it's time to negotiate an extension with him, something this economical might not be on the table for the Canadians. Yeah, and I think a lot of people pointed out too is that if they sign Kotkanbi to six point one million, they might have to, you know, budge a little on how much they're paying Suzuki and it becomes a little bit more of a, a dogfight in there to get the contract done. From what I read on Twitter today, I can't remember if it was Elliot Friedman or Chris Johnston, but they mentioned that this might've been one of the most peaceful and calm contract negotiations that's ever taken place. It was done without incident. And now Suzuki's locked up long-term and the Canadians can start building around him. And we've seen how many times in the past, you know, PK Subban, Max Pacioretty, Carey Price, other people getting bridge deals, Jesperi Kotkaniemi getting these bridge deals or traded instead of signed long-term and the Canadians locked up their piece in the middle that they needed now he is here for eight years he's going to be here until i am 40 years old which is an incredible thing that i do not want to think about too deeply right now why would you do this why would you say that because i am apparently just a bad person according to various talking heads on twitter.com i don't know but like 2030 my life is ruined Nick Suzuki just signed an eight-year contract. How could your life possibly be ruined right now? He's going to play with Cole Caulfield. They're going to be smiley boys out on the ice. They're going to have uh, Kat Toffoli and Julie Petrie do photo shoots for them when they have Thanksgiving dinner, which was a thing that was headcanon, but it was actually a thing that actually happened on Canadian Thanksgiving. So now it has to happen every year. And it's going to happen for at least eight more years. Even if Petrie retires, they're going to have Thanksgiving dinner with them. And that's how it's got to be from now on. It's, I'm so overjoyed. I don't think Mark Bergman has had a W like this in a long, long time. I think that, well, he had that Petrie and uh, Gallagher contracts in back-to-back order there. And I thought those were very good in addition to Tyler Toffoli. But this is locking up his future pieces here like long term i'm trying to think of the last time he gave a superstar long-term deal and it was suban who got traded immediately afterwards like nick suzuki's not getting traded and if he does i don't think mark bergevin's going to be the one doing that across the board huge huge win for the canadians going into the season there's no threat of the offer sheet now for him that's completely off the board. Montreal kept their 1C for this foreseeable future right now, and it gives them time to work on everything coming up behind there. Obviously, we've talked about Adam Brooks. We've talked about Jake Evans. Christian Dvorak is here. This gives them some time to find that complimentary piece. It could have been Jesperi Kotkaniemi, but as of right now, it's not. But enough about what the future holds. Tomorrow or today when you were listening to this, the Montreal Canadiens will be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we have our first 
game preview of the season. And we're going to go in depth on that coming up next. Now, if you've listened to this show, you know how much we absolutely love Built Bar. They, it is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's covered in chocolate. It is incredible for you. And they are perfect for any time for any kind of lifestyle. Whether you're going to work in the morning, you need something quick, you get done at the gym, you get done hiking, anything like that, Built Bar can be there for you. And there is a flavor for everybody. You can things like coconut, cherry, raspberry, the new grasshopper, cookie dough chunk, There's something for everybody. And if you're not sure what flavor you're looking for, you can get a mix box where you get two of the original nine flavors so you can find exactly what you like from Built Bar. They got 70 to 18 grams of protein, low calorie, low sugar, and low net carbs. There is something for absolutely everybody when you check out Built Bar. And if you go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your order. So go check them out. Find exactly what you're looking for at built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 so you too can save 15%. So it, it has come time for us to recap things. But first, thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day here at Locked On Canadians. Please check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Laura, it, it, the games count now. So we're hoping the preseason was kind of like smoke and mirrors and guys kind of trying a little bit. So uh, what are we feeling going into the opening game of the season here against Toronto? I think that honestly, it's interesting because we know Toronto is missing Austin Matthews, right? I think that I would hope that, and and I I, I don't want to sound pessimistic. I really don't, but I want to see them step it up against Toronto. The preseason, and historically in the last few years, you know, the Canadians have had abysmal preseasons. This is not the first time that they've had bad preseasons. And it's not the first time that we've said this. And the last couple of years, they have started strong. You know, they they even even after during the, the season, they sort or even before, I should say, the regular season, they, they sort of go into slumps or have those losing streaks or whatever. They start out really strong after abysmal preseason. So I'm not going to hang a lot of my expectations on the preseason. However, it is true that they're missing a lot of pieces, right? They're missing a number one defenseman. They are missing Carey Price. And Carey Price is the kind of player who really... He sees every Toronto game as a big game, right? And that's not something that we've come to expect from Allen. Allen is more steady. He's more reliable. He's more, you know, he, he's a, a little bit more, uh, I would say, less flashy maybe a little bit. But Carey Price really steps it up against Toronto. And that's going to be something that the Canadians are going to have to account for. I also think that maybe all of these doom and gloom predictions because of who they're missing, because of who they lost in the offseason, might motivate them exactly like it did in the in the playoffs last year. So there's a little bit of, you know, that chip on the shoulder kind of thing that's there. There's also just the idea that Dominique Ducharme has really gotten into his groove as an NHL coach, and maybe he's able to sort of, you know, put his stamp on the team and he's done that during training camp so maybe there's going to be a little bit more of each guy knowing their role and each guy being given a specific assignment and and because we what we know about Dominique Ducharme is he's the kind of guy who coaches for matchups for situations for in-game uh possibilities 
I think it's entirely possible that they could squeak out a win. But at the same time, this is a this is a team that is going to have a tough time every night this year. Like we are, we are going to see wins, but they're going to have a tough time every night this year. Well, you brought up a good point in that Toronto doesn't have Austin Matthews, and it's still going to be a tough challenge. But Montreal played against Toronto, who was missing Austin Matthews in the playoffs last year when he disappeared for seven games. So it it's not a new thing to them. I'm looking at their center depth right now, and it's John Tavares, who's good. It's Alexander Kerfoot, who is annoying. And then it's David Kampf and Mike Amadio. I know that the Canadian center depth is untested, and we don't know who the fourth-line center is, and Jake Evans is playing a bigger role. But it's not exactly the most frightening group of forwards here. Their top line, Nick Ritchie, Mitch Marner, Michael Bunting, William Nealon on the second line, Pierre Engvall, Andre Kasha, Wayne Simmons, and Jason Spets on the fourth line. The most dangerous forward outside of their top six is 45-year-old Jason Spezza, which is not the kind of thing you want when you're hoping to contend for a Stanley Cup right now. And they don't have Matthews, but the defense is good. This is a huge opportunity for this Canadians team to play up to the level they're expected. Top line is Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield. Second line is Druan, Dvorak, Anderson. Third line is Armia, Evans, Gallagher. And then the fourth line is Lekkonen. They have Paquette here on daily faceoff and Matthew Perrault. That could be Ryan Paling. That could be Adam Brooks. That could be Perrault and Belzeal's in on the wing, who actually knows at this point. But the Canadians have the forward depth here to compete with Toronto right now. The top six is going to be tough, and they're going to miss Philip Deneau being that shutdown guy right now. But I think they have every opportunity. If they get power play chances, they need to take advantage of it. This is a huge opportunity for Montreal to not fall into the traps because they played Buffalo the night after that, and it's Buffalo. Rasmus Dahlin has been practicing at forward in case you need to know how things are going there. It's not great. I'm very intrigued to see what kind of uh, you know effort they put out there. In the preseason, they had a couple of games where they looked great. They were strong on the puck, and they were relentless, and they just buried goals. And then there are other games where they couldn't complete a pass five feet in front of them. And I'm very intrigued to see which one shows up in Toronto on opening night. We're going to see a lot of what this defense can do. They're going to be tested. Toronto does play a fast game. And while their offense isn't super deep, that doesn't mean they can't contribute some goals there here and there. We've seen it before. I, I My biggest concern, and once again, I'm just looking at the second pairing of Ben Sherratt and David Savard, and I don't... I don't love the idea of it unless Sherratt and Savard were just kind of keeping it, you know, 50% in the preseason to not get hurt and to be ready and fresh for the regular season. I want to be proven wrong there. I really, truly do. And I'm hoping that they're one of the people that surprise me tomorrow. I'm really hoping Savard and Sherratt are that, well, the numbers back up the eye test kind of thing. Like they look good and they play well. That's what I want to see. I want to see the defense work. I know the offense will, but we need the defense to kind of step up now. Absolutely. And there's no reason to expect that they won't is the thing. It is early in the season. You know, they're they're pretty much, other than Edmondson, who isn't even playing, they're pretty much in tip-top shape right now. So I do think that, they're, you know, right now isn't when we worry. We worry when it gets into the home stretches, right? Like into November, into December. These guys are going to be carrying such a huge load. That that's when we're going to see aches and pains and possibly uh, people uh, losing time. There's going to be a lot of pressure on a lot of this 
uses these defensemen to sort of parcel out the minutes that Shea Weber used to play. And I think that that's when I would worry. I'm not going to worry too much right now because as we saw in the playoffs, like even with defensemen that are might be inferior to the opposing team's defensemen or the defensive core as a whole and all of that, we did see that they were able to play well defensively as a unit, as a as a group. And, and we talked about how there was a vast difference between during the regular season, it seemed like none of them knew where to be and what to do. And in the postseason, it was the exact opposite. They all knew where to be and what to do. So that's what I'm hoping for. I would be more worried a little bit because they're going to be playing out of their minds in order to keep up with the rest of the league, in order to keep up with their opponents. So I'd be worried about durability a little more than I'd be worried about defensive strategy at the moment, at the beginning of the season. And we're going to see if that penalty kill can regain its form. It wasn't great in the preseason, but it's a mishmash of AHL guys, tryouts, and this and that. We'll see what they have and so much more. And coming up on our final segment, we're going to have some fun. We're going to make some predictions, most of which will probably end up being wrong, except for Cole Caulfield for Calder. I don't care who William Eklund is. And Andrew, if you're listening to this, we know exactly what you did, and we are very disappointed in you. We're going to get into all those predictions and more coming up next. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON so you get your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. So we, we are back. It is time to wrap up our episode here, but... We've previewed the game. We've talked about Nick Suzuki's new contract. I guess, Laura, now is the point where we either make very dumb bets that we have to film and get yelled at on the internet about or suffer through eating fruitcake. It is it is prediction time. So we'll start simple at first. And I'm going to ask you, who is going to lead the Canadians in goals this season? Cole Caulfield. I see, I originally, I know I'm pretty I know sure what you're going to say. No, I had originally <laughs> picked Mike Hoffman, but then he ended up injured at this point. And at the same time, it's hard for me to not pick Cole Caulfield, but I look at how well Josh Anderson played in this preseason. And I'm like, that power horse is going to, is going to throw a Cy Young year. He's going to score like 30 goals and have like eight assists that all bounced off of like his skate going into the zone that count. I, I, I am going to pick Caulfield here for right now, just because Hoffman is not healthy to start the season. And that's really through no fault of his. He was just trying to get ready. But if Hoffman were fully ready for the season, he would have been my pick for this. And on the flip side of that, someone has to set up goals. My prediction is that Jeff Petrie is going to lead the Canadians in assists this season. I'm going with Jonathan Drouet. Inter- I, I'm I, think re- your, I think your pick is great. I really do think your pick is great, but I'm going to go with Jonathan Duran. Let me tell you why, okay? I have, like, I've thought about this so much. So we talked a lot about how Jonathan Duran, like, his struggles often happen because it's it's in his own head and all of that. And we, he had so many points last season and only two of them were goals. So my prediction is that his good relationship with the coaching staff, with Dominique Ducharme, and the, the sort of, like, the work that he's done while he stepped away from the game is going to make 
make him realize that he does have a role and he does have a contribution and that he's a phenomenal playmaker. And just because he's not a great goal scorer doesn't necessarily mean he doesn't have a lot to contribute. So he's going to go really hard at that thing he's good at and he's confident at, and he's going to have a lot of assists. I'm I'm actually surprised you didn't pick Nick Suzuki, given that he's going to be playing along both of our selected leading goal scorer in Cole Caulfield. But <laughs> I I also didn't want to sort of you know everything is going to be Nick Suzuki. But the other reason that I have to is that uh, because Nick Suzuki is who he is, the teams are going to pay a lot more attention to him and his line and Cole Caulfield, and so that's going to free up the Jonathan Drouin line a lot. I also think for Petrie to do that is the breakout all starts from the defense, which I think is very important. So no matter what, we know Petrie drives the offense here. So, all right, now now comes the fun part where we have to get into some of the bad aspects of bad, I guess. Laura, plus minus goes one of two directions. It goes up and it goes down. Who is going to lead the team and finish last on the team in plus minus this year? <laughs> Uh, the person who's going to finish last is going to be David Savard based on his position. Uh, he is going to be playing a lot tougher minutes, but he's also a stay-at-home defenseman. It's going to be it's going to be a Shea Weber type situation. Um, and then who's going to lead? Oh man, can that be Nick Suzuki? I, I mean, I'm not. I, it's your prediction. I can't tell you that your predictions are wrong, or else I'm just a mean-spirited person. So. <laughs> My, I mean, yeah, Nick Suzuki. Let, let's just go with Nick Suzuki because I say him for, for I want to say him for something. The new Lockdown Canadian slogan is everything is Nick Suzuki. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I do think David Savard's a good bet. I am going to actually pick Chris Weidman in this situation. Um, that third pair, Dominique Ducharme does tend to throw them to the wolves sometime. And until that bottom six gets stabilized, I think they might be in for some rough evenings. And I think... And I, I do think, I know I just talked about how the bottom six might struggle, but I think Yol Armia is going to lead this team in plus minus. He's on a line with a defensively responsible center. He's on a line with Brendan Gallagher, who pushes play the other way. And Joel Armia himself is very good at putting pucks in the net. Uh, I think he's going to be a sneaky leader there. It's not going to be something ridiculous, but I do think he will lead the team overall. Um Penalty minutes, this is this is going to come down to one of two people. It's going to either be Ben Sherratt or Josh Anderson. There's no other person on this team, I think, who could possibly lead it in penalty minutes because they are two very handsome gentlemen who have a very dumb habit of fighting everything that slightly aggravates them at a given time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The thing with Josh Anderson, the thing with Ben Sherratt is that he does lose his head. You know, so if somebody so much as looks at Brendan Gallagher the wrong way or something like that, like they're going to get a face full of, of Ben Chirot's hand. But Josh Anderson gets under the skin of players that are historically, you know, they're the kind of players that draw penalties, right? The better players in the league. And Josh Anderson really makes them angry. So there's going to be that kind of, I think, uh, I, I think Josh Anderson's a good pick. I would pick Ben Chirot, uh, but I think Josh Anderson is a great choice. Do you okay? So, um, trying to think what else here. Who do you think? I I'd say who the first call up's going to be, but even at this point, I don't know who the first call up's going to be because uh, Laval has about forty five people playing there right now, and their season starts on Friday. By the way, 
Uh, the Rocket will be back in action. They actually just traded Jake Lucchini to Belleville. He's on an AHL deal for future considerations. That tells me someone else will be going down through waivers at some point this week, which shouldn't be too surprising to absolutely anyone. Laura, do you think Ryan Paling will still be on this team at the end of the season? A Montreal Canadian? Yes. Yes. Like in the organization. Within the organization. Yes. I I want to say yes. <laughs> and the thing is, though, it would not shock me if he's not, especially if Adam Brooks comes in and plays extremely well. Paling's spot gets a lot harder for him to grasp. He had the opportunity there. Like he might be the first line center in Laval by the end of the week for all we know right now. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what he does because this is a challenge in front of him. And last year he responded to that challenge very well. He had a great AHL season. Probably should have gotten an NHL call up, but got hurt. So we're going to see, you know, where he ends up. And for you, our listeners, any of these questions, uh, please tweet them at us at LO underscore Canadians. We want to hear your leading goal scorer, your top playmaker, your plus minus leader. And what's the opposite of leader, not follower, but laster is not a word. So um, whoever finishes in last uh, for plus minus. The loser. The best bad person. <laughs> the best bad person. I didn't want to call them a loser because all of them make more money than me. And I, I, I know mentioned- I didn't want to use the word loser either. But what do people say that? Like, they, I, I guess they just say the person who, who is last. We'll go right? with They're that. Last in the league. The most diplomatic option. Uh, your penalty minutes leader. And then your first call up. If you think Palin's going to be on the team, please tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matla. And once again, thank you for making Locked On Canadians your first listen every day. We're going to have the game recap after Toronto. We're going to preview the tire fire that is the Buffalo Sabres going into that game on Thursday. Now it's time to make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leans out his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all podcasting platforms.